Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our own reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org slash dailyconnection. Well, today on the podcast, we're going to do a little bit of follow-up first. Uh, Ruth um, posted a a question, and uh, we're going to cover that first, and then we'll dig into uh, some things from this past Sunday's text. So let's start with Ruth's question. Okay. And we apologize, Ruth, because after we finished the podcast last week, we said, oops, we forgot to answer Ruth's question. So um, we're going to hit that today. Um, And this is relative to the fig tree. If you remember the sermon a few weeks ago, um, when um, Jesus uh, cursed a fig tree that wasn't even in season uh, for not having figs. And then the next day, they saw that the tree was withered. Um, And the... um, uh, the reason for that wasn't that Jesus was really mad at the fig tree. Um, he was getting ready to cleanse the temple, and it was uh, um, uh, really allegorical in terms of of um, the the tree. The fig tree wasn't bearing fruit, um, and um, uh, and they weren't bearing fruit in the temple. But the question um, from Ruth is. Uh, Jesus also says that um, if we believe em- enough, a mountain can be moved. Um, and so, are these two in um, uh, these two teachings of Jesus um, not um, um, consistent? Um, I, I'm not sure I totally understand the question, but we're going to take a, a stab at this um, because he, she said, Jesus also said that. Um, um, well, no, let me back up. Um, are these two things at odds? Uh, if I believe my loved one will be healed, then he will be. But we know that that doesn't always happen. So um, is, the, is the real question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good fig trees? <laughs> um, um, and and uh, how is our God at both just and also good? Um, I think that the part of the the challenge here is that uh, at some point there's a paradox here and that there are are there are true things on both sides of a conversation maybe this is in my mind particularly because the men, my men's group on Wednesday morning we're studying about the sovereignty of God right now and what does that mean and how does that feel uh, God at one hand is all-powerful all-knowing on another hand <clears throat> he chooses or allows or some would say causes things to happen that um, we would consider to be bad things. And how do we sort that out? And how do we figure that out? Uh, One of the things that um, I think uh, Christianity maybe has done over the years, uh, without starting down a critical road this morning, but uh, we've failed at times to uh, address these kinds of questions head on. Partly because there's a part of it that goes beyond my capacity to understand, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and that makes me nervous. It makes others nervous, and I think it has done that previously, probably will continue to make us nervous. I think that there's also a mystery to God that frustrates us, at least it has me over the years, the mystery of God that goes beyond my capacity to understand, that mystery of God that... Um, somehow um, 
there is a bigger plan in all of this, but he just hasn't shared it all with me, or I can't understand it all, um, and how those two mesh together, because I think both of those pieces are true. And so when we talk about healing of a person, for instance, um, my theology of healing has a pretty broad base to it in the sense that the ultimate healing comes um, when we get the new heaven, heavenly body or the new, the new body, wherever that is. Uh, I've, I've been at some levels deep into healing ministry over the years. Sometimes I've backed off because I, something went awry. Somebody wasn't healed, and I couldn't figure out how that fit into it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it messes with your prayer life is what it does. Uh, so you either become really silent about that, uh, which I think a lot of Christians do, or you become more open at that. If you come, become more open, you're always opening up yourself to the risk that others who are equally don't know the answers and equally scared uh, – will try to, how do I say this kindly? <laughs> we'll try just to shut you down because you're going to open up fears they have and they're not ready to deal with those. Uh, and I fear that we've done that way too much. Um, this whole study on the sovereignty of God on Wednesday morning, uh, we recognized uh, before we ever started last week, and this was the first week in this chapter, we've been going a chapter a week, that one week would not begin to encompass this conversation. Um, there are parts of God that I don't understand. There are parts of God's plan that I don't understand. In fact, some days it's almost with fear and trembling that I say I understand God's plan at all. I mean, just because um, He is so far beyond. Um, I read, uh, I didn't, yeah, I did. I read this morning. Uh, a child of mine had posted a uh, post to Facebook, uh, and um, that post was of a man, I believe of an English or English background maybe, just railing on how one could be so stupid as to believe in a God mm. that would let bad things happen in a good world. And um, the fact that he'd much rather spend his eternity, if there is one, with the 12 Greek gods than with one god. Um, And he was angry. Mm -hmm. My guess is something caused him to be angry. But my heart also breaks for those folks because they're being real and honest. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in our faith journey, um, being real and honest uh, leads us to places uh, of uncertainty and, and we we want God because there is some sense of certainty, some sense of parameter, some sense of foundation there. Uh, but without all of the answers, sometimes we find ourselves meandering through the forest and the trees. Yeah, and I think that um, you talked about this man being angry. And um, sometimes when our prayers for healing, that's particularly the one that I think mm-hmm. is, is comes up most often. When our prayers for healing aren't answered, then we feel that God has let us down, um, and um, then we become angry at God. We become angry at the church. We become angry at at everything that is represented by that, and um, 
that's not who our God is um, that just goes around and and heals everyone who asks for healing, um, who fixes everything that, but but who our God is is a per, is a God that walks with us through all of that, um, and um, um, you know the question was um, Jesus tells us that if, if we have the faith of a mustard seed, um, you know we can say to this mountain, "Be moved," and it will be moved, um, and that that wasn't a literal sense. You know, Jesus didn't say, go around and, and move these uh, um, these places on earth, these mounds of dirt on, on earth. Um, but what he was saying is that, that um, we can deal with much more than we ever thought we could if we have faith in God, that we know that God is walking with us. Um, and um, I mean, that's how I've gotten through the very, very difficult times in my life. Not that God has taken away the pain or taken away the situation, but that um, God has given me the ability to walk through it and has not let me down through that. And man, I that's that's pretty amazing. Because what kind of a, I mean, if you if you step back from this, what kind of a weird world would it be if God? healed every person that we prayed for and then didn't heal the people that weren't prayed for. I mean, you know, people would live to be 180 and miserable. Um, I mean, you know, if you really stretch that out, you know. Um, right, because healing does have, at some point, earthly healing does have an end to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but the heavenly part of this, the thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, however that plays itself out. There is a hope and a promise for that, that uh, even though I can't explain everything here, that's what causes me. It's not the immediate circumstance. Right. It's the bigger picture, or it's, uh, it's maybe a depth of that. Right. Um, I was. Um, I think that's some of the things that when we talk about uh, uh, millennials today, when we talk about younger people today, I think maybe that was even beginning in my generation way back when. Um, was to ask some of these hard questions, and and um, first of all, we were told that was disrespectful to ask them. Secondly, uh, uh, they were pretty much dismissed. Um, and I think that uh, the younger generation today is more willing to take the answer of "I don't know" mm-hmm. than "Don't ask me." Mm-hmm. I think they're more willing to, to 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 start on a journey of trying to sort that out. Uh, even without definitive answers, rather than simply, let's don't talk about it. Right. Um, and it is important to look at those scriptures that we feel in our hearts um, are at odds with one another and say, how can I understand these, um, <clears throat> excuse me, alongside of each other? Um, and and we don't have to defend God. We don't have to defend God's word. We can just read it and understand it to the best of our ability and talk with others about it. Um, and um, and as when that happens in my life, and I look at two passages and go, what? The deeper I look into those, the more I understand each of them, even if I never um, come to terms with how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Ruth, if we actually answered, got around to answering your question or not. Um, I say that the question is a very valid question. It's probably shared with thousands, millions of other people is how do we sort that out? Um, and how do we hang on our faith in the middle of sorting that out? Right, right. Um, 
And part of, the, um, part of the courage is to say, I believe regardless of what happens, part of that is tied up with loving God with all of our heart, even if I don't understand, loving God with all of our mind, even if it doesn't make logical sense to me. All of my soul, all of my will, my emotions, my desires, continuing to love God, even though I, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has been a foundational verse of Scripture of mine. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding. That was always my biggest struggle is because I wanted to understand. And then, then <clears throat> I began to sort out a bit one day, why is understanding so important? Well, understanding um, at some level leads to, or leads to control. If I can understand it, I can control it. If I can somehow uh, um, grip Adam and Eve and the dinosaurs, then I have some control over that. The same thing with, uh, with our understanding of God. <clears throat> Again, just, just hang with me just a moment here. I, at some point, does our understanding, um, if we could understand everything that God did, uh, does that... Uh, does that uh, bring us to a place where we can control God? What does that say even about God himself if he is small enough that we can all understand him, even collectively we can understand him? Does that somehow diminish? Uh, because I actually think after some 40, 50, 60 years, uh, I, I'm, some days I feel like I know less today than I knew when I started uh, because those complex questions are there and trying to apply those through every circumstance, through every situation, uh, through helping others walk that journey. And those journeys are different every day. Some similarities, but they're just real for the people that walk through them. How do we help them come to a place where we can understand, where we can trust God, I guess, without having to completely understand God's sovereignty and God's will and God's way? And yet, we keep asking the questions. I mean, it would be sad for us to give up and right. say, I just can't know. And, and so I'm going to throw in the towel. Oh. And either I will believe and I'll throw in the towel about understanding, or I'll walk away because I don't get it. You know? I think, yeah. I think that the search and I think the journey, the continued questioning is a part of what brings us closer. Yeah, and that, that brings us to the um, single story that I talked about mm -hmm. um, in my sermon, um, um, that if, if you weren't here, I guess you're going to have to go back and read and uh, listen to the sermon to understand this, but um, I, I heard a speaker that, that talked about um, um, all of us have a single story or, or about someone else um, um, before... I married Randy before I started dating Randy. I knew him as an excellent pastor and preacher because I had known him uh, that way. I hadn't met his kids, so I didn't know him as a father. Um, I didn't know him as a woodworker. I just knew him as a preacher. Um, so I had a single story of Randy. Um, we have a single. Now be careful here. <laughs> 
I'm going to move off of Randy here. Um, We have a single story of Jesus when we have our preconceived notions of of who he is, uh, what he does, um, what his word says. And the only way to get more complex and know the complexities of Jesus is to listen to other people's stories of Jesus, to get deeper into other stories um, so that we can understand um, the depth. You know, I think we we are in real trouble today when we um, just plant our feet and say, we aren't moving from this spot. Um, This is what I believe. This is what Scripture says. And um, there's no other interpretation of it. Uh, Then we, we have a single story. And and we're not open to hearing anybody else's. So um, all of that, I think, plays into that. So, Ruth, I, I hope that we helped a little bit. Um, I'd like to move to Judas. That's a fun topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we talked about that in, in the sermon. It's Wednesday. Um, uh, last week's sermon was Wednesday. And uh, we have the betrayal. Uh, as well as the anointing with oil. But um, Judas has always been, um, I've been fascinated by him. And the question always comes up, um, did Jesus call Judas to be a disciple so that he could be the betrayer? Um, Or did Judas just become that? Um, I realized that I I didn't ever really uh, address my sermon title. That happens a lot. I forget what I titled the sermon, uh, and yesterday's sermon Sundays was the need for a traitor, um, and the real purpose of that sermon title was: um, was there a need for a traitor, um, somebody from the inside, so that they could arrest Jesus um, silently, quietly, um, and without you know stirring up the crowds, or could they have done that anyway? Um, so. You know, we can't answer that question, but it's an interesting one to think about. Um, did Jesus choose Judas to be his uh, disciple for that very reason? Um, I, I I have a softer side for Judas. Um, I think that um, uh, I, I wish we would read more in the Gospels about other things that Judas did, <laughs> you know, because um, surely... You know, surely he led someone to Christ. Surely he did something right in all of this. And all we know really about Judas is what John said in terms of um, him stealing from the treasury and then that he betrayed Jesus. Um, And uh, I, I just have to believe that there was more to Judas than those two acts. Well, one of the one of the gospels speaks of he was filled with Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but Jesus wouldn't have chosen a disciple that not was to start filled. with. I right. don't think. I, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so. Yeah, that comes. Part of that just comes back to this. Of course, I'm obsessed with the sovereignty of God right now. I just, you know, I, <laughs> it's I, a good I, thing to be obsessed with. Um, but uh, indeed, did he choose Judas because he knew he would? would cave under the kind of pressure that they were in at Jerusalem. Um, I don't know about that. I, that doesn't resonate well with me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more inclined to think that, uh, um, that Judas just succumbed to the pressures. He succumbed to the uh, expectations. Um, 
was when he walked away and began to follow Jesus, did he lose all of his friendships? Did he lose all of his family? Um, what kind of pressure and expectations uh, were those folks putting on him as they came to Jerusalem? Uh, you know, we know some people are just impulsive people. Um, was Judas impulsive? Did he just decide at this point, I'm going to force Jesus' hand? Or I think that uh, uh, I think he's totally off base with all of this and we need to stop this now. Because um, I've wrestled with, uh, uh, I don't know, the church seems to get into this degree of sin as if uh, there's uh, one sin that's uh, more serious than the other. But I look at Peter and, and the other uh, ten, and they all denied him yeah, absolutely. Uh, in their own way, not in the way of uh, turning him over, uh, but they denied him in their own way too. Um, so if Judas had not taken his life, yeah. um, I'm drawing a brain cramp at the moment. Uh, one of the uh, One of the Gospels... Uh, mentions uh, Judas when he recognized and realized yes. what he had done. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just cloudy this morning. Uh, of which we, gospel? Yeah, and, and and which one that talked about that he bought this piece of ground for 30 pieces of silver and he fed, fell headlong into it are, um, I want to say the, uh, the priest fa- took the, the money after he had uh, uh, committed suicide and bought basically mm-hmm. okay. um, a pauper's – that's not what they called it yeah. – a pauper's grave, si- or grave site right. for folks that um, – um, so I think there's lots of questions about Judas. He's, the sad thing is – the sad thing is is that you can do right all of your life, and the last act that you do is mm-hmm. – the last choice you made some kind sometimes can define you. Yeah, that's. <laughs> um, I think that. Uh, I think the part maybe that if Judas had realized the great heart of forgiveness, he could have been restored because he restored Peter. Yeah, he. Re- and and yeah. I mean, Peter was. Um. But we'll never know that because of the choice that he made, Judas made. Right, right. Um, I think we're about out of time. But a a question I would leave with all of us is, um, in what ways are we Judas? Do we become Judas? Um, We just get sucked into a situation um, and find ourselves uh, betraying Jesus and, um, and, uh, and then look at it afterwards and go, why did I do that? You know, that's a, man, it's a tough place. The statement for me is when I look at somebody else and load up my gospel self-righteous gun and start to shoot is uh, the words that uh, the Lord brought to me one day. He said, there but for the grace of God could go to you. And that's always that, since that period of time, and that was in the 80s when some of our TV pastors were making pretty wild claims, living pretty wild lifestyles, and falling from grace, it seemed, right and left. I might have been on occasion loaded, noted to load up my gospel gun and shoot at him, <laughs> mm-hmm. sadly. Um, yeah. And that, that word came to me there, but for the grace of God could go you. 
And I think that's that's the thought in the back of my mind is, uh, Lord, uh, help me not. Protect me, cover me, the angels guard round about me so that I don't, uh, so that I don't forsake you. Well, thank you for listening uh, today. Uh, we'd love to keep the discussion going with you. If you have questions or comments to add uh, to the discussion, you can do that by following the link uh, in the Calvary app, or if you're listening on the web, you'll find comments toward the bottom of the page. If you're listening in another podcast app, you can head over to connectwithcalvary.org slash daily connection. You can find out how to how to uh, submit a comment there on Facebook, anywhere uh, that we're at. And next week, we'll be back to look at a deeper dive into the Thursday of Holy Week. So we'll hope you join us for that uh, then as well. So until then, grace and peace. Mm-hmm.